Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Something told me before he walks out that door, have some sort of an agreement with him. You know, you don't know if you're ever going to see him again. So make sure that you have some sort of a financial agreement, protect yourself, protect your daughter. Again, it was all about making sure that my daughter was comfortable. So he was planning to move out. He stayed here Friday night after we talked and, um, He stayed in my daughter's room that night. Um, And then um, Saturday morning was planning to move out. So we sat at the dining room table and wrote our divorce agreement with each other. Welcome to Voices of Celebration. This series is designed to inspire and encourage you as we share real-life experiences of former Journey Beyond Divorce clients who invested in their personal growth through divorce and emerged a better version of themselves with a more rewarding post-divorce life. to another episode of Voices of Celebration. I'm really excited about sharing today's story. I have with me one of our former clients that worked with Carrie Doubts, and this is Kim. Welcome, Kim. Thank you, Karen. It's very nice to be here. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Yeah, and you really do have a unique story. So I'm just going to let you dive right in and share um, a little context about how you ended up down the path of divorce. Okay. Um, well, it's I got married pretty young. I was 23, and my husband at the time was 24. So we were pretty young, and we got married and didn't have a lot of life experience or communication skills. So um, we stayed married for 26 years and um, had one daughter who is currently 24. Um, And um, how I ended up on the path of divorce is that we didn't have good communication skills and we were really good at making up stories about um, things that really were not true. And, um, my husband at the time, um, had some trauma in his life prior to marriage. And I think that that finally came out in the end in the form of the classic midlife crisis. Uh, Mm. you know, the, um, 
the changing, you know, the buying of down to the buying of the fancy car and the affair and finding out that he was having an affair. And that was eventually what the end was for us. Yeah, you know, and and so many people who are listening, so many of our listeners um, are dealing with uh, betrayal and infidelity. What was that like for you um, when you first found out and or even how you found out? (laughs) Um, First of all, I was shocked. Uh, The way I found out is a very strange way. And I just... I believe in the power of the universe and there were subtle signs looking back before this that I ignored because I wasn't ready to deal with it. And there, there had been a downward spiral of our marriage over the past six months. His, his stepmom passed away about six months prior to our separation. And there had been a downward spiral ever since. And um, I just thought it was him dealing with the death and I didn't realize that it was him seeking comfort elsewhere. And something told me one night to just pick up his phone. He had left it on the counter. He went to take out the garbage. And um, I don't would never look at someone's phone ever. It was just, I really fought myself. But some overwhelming force just said, pick up the phone. It had, you know, gone off. And I picked up the phone and I saw text messages from the other woman. And so I literally had about 30 seconds to process this before he came in from taking out the garbage. And um, I, he just walked in the door and I held up his phone and I said, you're having an affair? Are you kidding me? And, you know, his instant reaction was just, you know, defeat. Um, And so I, you know, I had all these thoughts going through my head at that moment, you know, Um, he was the, I'm the social one, you know, I'm the one that that's out and about in the world. And I've, I've been faithful. How could this be? And this is not your personality. This is not you, you know, like what happened and who are you? And, all these things going through my head and, and, but my main concern was, Oh my God, my daughter, because she was about to come home with her boyfriend from visiting his parents. They were home on break from college. They were about to start their senior, their second semester of their senior year of college. And they were on their way to meet us for dinner. We were going to a very nice restaurant to celebrate their last night at home and send them off on their on their journey into their senior semester, final semester. So okay. I, uh, I just want I want you to pause. I just I want that as it's sinking in with me to sink in with our listeners. So not only did you just get utterly sideswiped with this information, but you had one foot out the door going to a celebration with your daughter. How did you handle that? And her boyfriend. And her boyfriend. Who was staying the night at our house that night. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So luckily, to backtrack a little bit before that, two years before, um, I'm a teacher. So I work with a lot of kids that have childhood trauma. And 
I started doing some work in childhood trauma and understanding childhood trauma. And I started thinking about how to teach my students how to cope with negative life events. And I started thinking in my head, if I'm going to teach this, I need to live it. So two years before I had started this radical change in my own personal life, in the way I dealt with things and learning the techniques and tips to learn to deal with something like this magnitude. So luckily, I had done the work in 2018. I had done more work in 2019. And I had to call on that work at in 2020 wow. um, when this happened in January of 2020. So, so how did you do? So can you just share a little bit about, so here you're like, I mean, I, I typically hear that it feels like you've been sucker punched, that you have this visceral, like nauseating reaction. Um, like you just said, you have a million thoughts going through your head and now you have to get your shit together so you can go and sit at a, in a nice restaurant with your daughter and her boyfriend. Um what did that take for you to for you to make that almost immediate shift? Yeah, I had an hour um, before this was all going to happen. So within that hour, I, I, the first thing I did was I kicked him out. I said, "Just get out," because I can't. I just need a minute. <laughs> Um, so just leave. So he left. And the second thing I did was, um, call my mom and, um, just kind of, and the third thing I did was sit at the table and just think, okay, the problem that I'm having right this minute is that I have this dinner and I want my daughter and her boyfriend to have an amazing final semester of college. So what do I need to do at this particular moment in time to make that happen? And I realized that what I needed to do was make sure that everything felt as normal as possible so we could send them off and they could have peace. Because I knew that if we hit her with this, I wasn't even ready to share that with her. So you knew that if you had hit it, hit her with it, that that would just spiral her as she entered her last semester. So, right. I mean, I just I just want to acknowledge the fact that you were able to sit down, and say, what are my priorities? What are my values? What do I need to do right now? Right. Because the problem, your bigger problem wasn't going to was going to be around for a little while. What do I have to Correct. do right now? I have to get through dinner. I have to get through the night. I have to send her off with a kiss tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. Correct. How, how dinner go? <laughs> dinner was, was interesting. Um, I was able to socialize with the kids and keep myself together. I did a lot of deep breathing. Um, I had to ride in the car with him on the way to dinner. So it was very silent on the way to dinner. And um, I, I will say the only thing that gave me away was, was kind of a little funny anecdote, but the bar, we had ordered drinks and the bartender had made them quite strong. I was not driving. So of course I drank my drink because I thought 
<laughs> if ever there's a night I'd like to have a drink, it's tonight. And I'm not a big drinker, but <laughs> and then my daughter was driving and she said, Oh mom, this drink's really strong. I don't think I can finish it. And I leaned across the table and said, That's all right, honey, I gotcha. <laughs> Grabbed your drink, stuck my straw in and stuck the mom <laughs> and we laugh about it now because it was kind of funny you know I mean now it's funny um but um but yeah and then I had to ride home um in the car with my you know husband that I you know just found out was unfaithful um so after those two drinks it, it was not quite the quiet ride home that it was on the way there you know I was you know, pretty, pretty verbal about things in the car on the way home. You shared, you shared your feelings on the way home. I did. (laughs) Okay. So, so that, that's just, I mean, as, as you know, we, we work with clients on how to notice and regulate and have, have values that they could, you know, make decisions based on. And you just like that story of the beginning is you were just right on top of that. So kudos to you for all the work that you had done for the year or two beforehand. Um, I can't imagine that someone who hadn't done that kind of work could navigate that evening the way you did. I, I definitely agree. I feel like the work, the universe had set me up for this moment and the work that I had done, I didn't know why I was doing this work beforehand. You know, you, you kind of see little snapshots of your life. And, you know, I thought I was doing it for my students, which I was, but I realized now that there's a, there was a bigger picture at play yes. and that I needed that, that foundation in order to navigate that evening and the future that came after that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And the other thing I, I just want to touch on is, um, that intuitive hit that was like not allowing you to not pick up the phone like that that look look and you being like no I don't do that and look look no you have to look yeah. like that's fascinating that's like so yeah. whether it's God or the universe like that's so higher power coming down and saying no this is it you're looking oh well that has happened if we want to talk about that, that's happened so many times since that now I just put it all out there because it, there were so many instances after that of the same kind of thing happening. So, so you are, you're very, well, I think that, you know, we, we do Carrie and I do a whole thing on intuition and tuning into it and it's, it's a practice, you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I'm hearing that, that, you know, and I've had a situation that was similar where I was like, no, no, no. And it was like, yes, you will. You know, that this like, where is this force coming from? Right. And the more of this work that you do and and like living in the present and increasing your awareness, um, tuning into uh, those intuitive hits, those messages, um, be, it's like it becomes clearer and clearer as you go along, which is what I'm hearing happen to you. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yes. Okay. So, um, so Kim gets sideswiped, pulls it all together, goes out, um, has, has a dinner with a couple of cocktails involved and um, just, just to finish this, this 
first chapter, this first 24 hours, your daughter left the next day, you were able to hold it together. How did that work? Well, talk about intuition and a higher power. Um, I drove to work the next morning. Um, as I said to my husband at the time, we need to talk tonight after work. So I went to work. Um, and I thought, you know, some people might say, well, why didn't you take the day off? I don't know. I just figured, why not go to work? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, because I feel like being a teacher that sometimes helps you keep your brain off of your personal life as well. And at the time I just needed normalcy, I guess. So I went to work and on the way to work, I saw this huge double rainbow and it hadn't even rained. And that there's a whole other story about my grandmother sending me rainbows, um, who's, you know, deceased now several years. So I knew when I saw that double rainbow on my way to work and it hadn't rained, that everything was going to be okay. That I was on the right path. This was meant to be. And even though I didn't see the big picture, there was a big picture happening and that I needed to trust trust in the universe at that point. So I did. And I said, okay. And then I drove down the road a little bit more and there was another rainbow that I drove right through. It was foggy. It's never happened to me before. And I drove right through this rainbow, the end of it. And I thought, well, that was interesting. <laughs> I guess there's really a big sign here that I'm going to be okay. And I really took comfort from that knowing that I had these hard times to come, but in the end, it was going to be okay. That's a pretty amazing, um, that's a pretty amazing statement, Kim. Would you say that, uh, do you, do you normally have such deep faith? Like that, that's a, that's a bit of a leap for someone who just found out what you found out that, oh, I have a couple of rainbows. I'm good. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I know it sounds silly when you say it like that. Um, yeah, I, well, I've learned to have faith. This is what my divorce has taught me to have that kind of faith. I had started that work in 2018 and had started, a, you know, a little bit more of a spiritual life in 2019. Right. So that really set me up for noticing those signs that things were going to be okay. Because if you just go along with your life, you sometimes just don't notice things. And so it, you know, caused me to be more mindful and really notice, oh, you know, this could be a sign that I'm going to be okay. And I am. So it was true. <laughs> yeah. So, so walk us through it. So after your daughter left, you went to work the next day. Um, uh, we're talking, what, what year was this? 2020? 2020, January of 2020. Okay, so we're talking right around the time that um, we're we're in pandemic neighborhood here. We yeah. are not quite yet, but like we were three months later. It. The world, yes. right? So, yes. so mm -hmm. did you guys end up um, remaining under the same roof? Um, only for that one night. So I uh, I found out on a Thursday he stayed Thursday night um, in the family room on the couch. And Friday, um, we, we talked on Friday and when I got home from work and kind of hammered out, you know, what are we doing? Are we going to try to work this out? Are we going to call it quits? You know, it's been 26 years. What do you want to do? And 
he had no interest in even trying to work things out. We, we had had a rough time of it for a while before it got spiraled. Just communication was just not our thing. And um, we had just had different styles of communication. So um, it was kind of at that point, just, okay, we're going to call it quits. So we decided that the next night. And so again, something told me before he walks out that door, have some sort of an agreement with him. You know, you don't know if you're ever going to see him again. So make sure that you have some sort of a financial agreement, protect yourself, protect your daughter. Again, it was all about making sure that my daughter was comfortable. So he was planning to move out. He stayed here Friday night after we talked and um, he stayed in my daughter's room that night. Um, And then um, Saturday morning was planning to move out. So we sat at the dining room table and wrote our divorce agreement with each other and hammered out all of the potential things that we could possibly think of and um, kind of signed it, you know, with the intent that it would become legalized. Are you emotionally overwhelmed, heartbroken, bitter, paralyzed by fear? In order to effectively navigate the significant decisions before you and skillfully master your life after divorce, you must attend to your emotional recovery. Our 12-step divorce recovery program is an emotional roadmap that guides you to feel clearer, stronger, and more in charge of yourself. Thousands have emerged transformed by the lessons, strategies, and tools our roadmap provides. Divorce will change your life. Enroll in the 12-step divorce recovery program today and ensure that the changes will be life-enhancing. Go to divorcerecoveryprogram.com to enroll. So it was just this whirlwind of, you know, the whole time I kept thinking, keep your head on straight, keep your head on straight, think through this, think through this. And that work I had done teaching my kids about your brain and what happens in your brain when you're upset and your amygdala takes over and you're, it all paid off because I just kept thinking, keep, you know, keep your, keep your prefrontal cortex working, keep it working. You can fall apart later. You cannot fall apart right now. And so, um, you know, that's kind of the story. So he moved out that day, that Saturday. So two days later. And did your final settlement agreement look very much like what you and him sat down and crafted Saturday morning? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there were a few tweaks. For those who can't see me, I'm picking my jaw up off the ground right now. That's amazing. It really was. It was very businesslike. We were always good at that. We were always good business partners. We were always good at managing things together. It was just the other part that we weren't good at. 
you know, the romantic part and all the other parts that go along with a marriage, but the teamwork was, was, you know, good. And so we, it was just like a business deal, just, you know, just dissolving this, this connection that we had legally. Um, so yeah, so I know it sounds kind of crazy when I say it, (laughs) but at the time it seemed like what we should be doing. It's, it's brilliant. It's just so far from the norm. Um, Mm -hmm. and yet for those listening, the, I just, I need to highlight granted the fact that you guys were good together, that you were able to, um, sit down and be professional. I'm not going to say amicable or cordial, but it sounds like there there were like no emotional bombs being thrown across the room and you were able to keep it to business and take care of it, that you were able to stay engaged with your frontal cortex. So in a really short period of time, you you kept your stuff together. You got your daughter off to college. You went, you did a day of work. You wrote out your your divorce settlement and you had him leave the house. And this was all within what, 72 hours of finding out that he was having an affair. Yes. Girlfriend, you are fast. (laughs) That is, that is like shockingly fast. Um, Well, I was just, you know, I thought, well, if you're done, I'm going to be done. So, um, you know, there's no sense in, in, in us drawing this out and, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, I think I had mourned a lot of the loss of the marriage before we mm-hmm. actually, and I know a lot of people say that, and I did, you know, we were done and, you know, we just didn't communicate well and we didn't have the same love language and it just wasn't working. And it had spiraled to this point where we really didn't like living together anymore because, you know, he and I'm, I hate to blame it on him because I take responsibility for, you know, having different communication styles and not having done the work, personal work before that. But I feel like I had grown from that and and he had not. And yeah. so there was just this disconnect happening and it was just time. How was it for you? Now your daughter's off at college, your husband's yeah. suddenly out of the house and you've got like this big empty house to yourself. How was that? Yeah, that first Saturday when he, after he moved out and I, I remember just sitting in my living room, looking around going, what do I do now? And that's when I allowed myself to fall apart. And, um, you know, I said, okay, this is a good time. I'm alone. I'm just going to process all of what just happened and from from the first moment until now and I I struggled I I journaled I um I went to the gym and I did a workout and I just sort of walked around the house aimlessly and those first few weeks after um I I was a hot mess I you know I I fell apart and I, w- I had sticky notes everywhere, all over the house saying, remember to feed the cats. Um, remember to put mascara on both eyes. Cause I went to work one day with mascara on only one eye. I wore two different shoes to work one day. Um, I was just scattered. I could not focus. And that's not like me at all. And I was just, I, I'm going to say it. I was a hot mess. And I had, we hadn't told my daughter what was going on because she was away at school. 
But I did tell two really good friends at work because I felt like someone at work needed to know and help me pick up the slack if I fell apart. (laughs) Um, So I did, it was kind of an accidental tell for one of them, but it, they were great. And my coworkers were just so supportive and they kept the secret. I didn't want it out because I didn't want it getting back to my daughter, of course, until we could tell her. So the interesting thing too, is that, um, you know, my, my ex contacted me and wanted to go to marriage counseling after we separated to learn how to be co-parents together and wanted to sort of process what happened so that we could tell our daughter together. And, um, you know, at first, my first reaction, of course, was like, you know, go to hell. (laughs) I don't want to go to marriage counseling with you. Um, But I agreed to it again, because my daughter was always my priority. And I thought if we can be better co-parents from this, and it will help us in the future, she deserves to have two parents that can at least communicate with each other and get along with each other. So I agreed and we went and the marriage counselor was funny because he was like, why are you here? You're already separated. You're headed for a divorce. Why are you here for marriage counseling? We're like, we just need to work together. You know, we need to find a way to co-parent together in this new relationship that we're trying to have, you know, because you're never really separated. You're always joined by this third person. And it was very important to me that my daughter felt like she still had two parents. They might not be together, but she still had two parents. And, you know, so that was, so we did that until we told her. So we had about six weeks of marriage counseling while we were separated. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. Yes. And it's funny. Just, I remember going to the counselor the first time and he was in this old building in the city and he the stairs were really steep. And I remember thinking, this is like climbing a mountain to get, it was on like the fourth floor. And I thought, well, how funny is this? It really is like climbing a mountain. Yeah. Like the work up to do. So it was very symbolic. Yeah. 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 How was your daughter when you told her? Shocked. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was awful. Um, You know, we, he came over. Before she came home, we sat her down. We told her, you know, there's something we had to tell her. We had this whole plan. And then he kind of blew it. <laughs> we had we had sat like what we were going to say. And he just blurted it out that your mother and I have separated. And she looked at me like, I just felt like I had betrayed her, you know. And um, it was just horrible. It was horrible. And so we told her, you know, there were tears you know, of course. And um, then he left and I was left, you know, with her and picking up her pieces as well as mine. And by that point, I had processed the initial shock. So I was in a different place at the time, which in a way was good because I could kind of help her through, but she was only home for one night and then she was going back to school the next day. So it was just really, really hard for her. And, um, you know, I just felt terrible. I felt, I felt absolutely awful that she had to go through that. But, but I will say now, here we are, you know, two and a half years out. 
And she is in, you know, she agrees that it's probably one of the best things that's ever happened. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It was just very dark at that point. Gosh, so you've just told us such a dramatic beginning to the end. (laughs) Um, You reached out for coaching. It sounds like you were doing so well. Can you share a little bit about um, what made you reach out? What maybe some of your fears were, even though you handled those early days so well? Sure. Um, So one of the things that happened in addition to a separation was a pandemic. Mm. And (laughs) so I was living alone and then the pandemic hit and I was really living alone and I'm a very social person and March came and it was, my school was shutting down and I had to teach from home. So not only had I changed my marital status, I had also, I had to also figure out how I was going to change my way of teaching to reach my students remotely. And it was just a very crazy time in my life of trying to adjust to teaching from home. And they told us at first we would be home for two weeks, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, So, uh, you know, I, I adjusted to that change and thought, okay, well, two weeks home, that's fine. I can do this. And then it turned into, well, we don't think you're going to be back for another, you know, six weeks. And there was all of this um, change, but also uncertainty of when are we going back to work and what are we doing here and how are we doing this? And um, looking back, I think it was a great distraction you know but at the same time i was also i was thankful to be home in a way because i had all these other you know i was trying to manage it and suddenly i'm managing a house for the first time and that was another change and um you know tell at that point you know we started telling people so there were all those changes with friendships and um you know everything like that so it was all of this turmoil happening and all of this change. And then they told our, my work told me, okay, you're going, going back in September. And then September came and they said, we don't have the money to open your building. So you're going to teach remotely on indefinitely. And so that was another change. And I struggled with that change. And then they said, you're going to go back in, in November. We didn't, you're going to go back in December. We didn't okay, maybe January we did. And and it was just this turmoil and uncertainty. And I kept thinking, I can't handle another thing that's uncertain in my life. Um, You know, I'm just really struggling with this constant change. I need something to be normal. And so I reached out to Carrie. Well, I reached out. Again, the universe sent me to Journey Beyond Divorce through another podcast and I started listening to your podcast and thought, I'm going to call that number and do this consultation. And Carrie and I spoke and I said, I'm going to do this coaching. And um, I remember the first time I, one of the first times I talked to Carrie, I was afraid to change my shower curtain. I had had it for 26 years and I thought, I'm getting rid of this shower curtain. And I remember Carrie's, I told Carrie, I, I, I just, I don't want to change anything. Like my house is my 
rock. It's the only thing that's not changing right now. And so um, Carrie said, well, why don't you just take it down and you, maybe you could just pack it up and put it in the garage and put your new one up. And if you don't like it, you can put the other one back. So that's exactly what I did. I took it, I put it in the garage, I put my new one up and I thought, I really like the shower curtain. Boy, it really goes nicely with these tiles. Boy, I really... And within a week, I had you know, donated the other shower curtain. And, and I was, that was the beginning of being accepting change. It was the small little thing. And suddenly I thought, well, if I can deal with a shower curtain, then maybe I can deal with this remote teaching thing. And maybe I can deal with this other thing. And I'm just going to deal with these changes one at a time. And so it was just, Carrie really helped me open the door to accepting all of these crazy changes that were happening. Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. So much change, so much uncertainty. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I was also dealing with what do I do with the house? Do I sell it? Do I keep it? Um, you know, because I had 18 months to figure it out and the interest rates were dropping. So I thought, well, I'll just refinance it right now, buy my husband out, and then it's mine and I can decide later what to do with it. And he, I'm still in it. So I <laughs> stayed but I've redone almost the entire house because the wow. started with the shower curtain turned into the living room, which turned oh into my God. the furniture. And, you know, suddenly I had gotten to the point now where I'm just like, everything needs to change. Everything you all needs to go. I want all new things. And so it's just been this great acceptance of the, the change. And what's next? What are we going to do next? What are we going to change next? You know? So it's actually yeah. become, I mean, it helps when you're, driving it too but it's it sounds like change has become something that can be fun and enjoyable for you yes but it took a lot of work it took a lot of journaling you know what changes has have happened in my life that i've liked you know change doesn't always have to be bad um you know and and so and then in the meantime i started a new relationship and that was a big change 
Um, and it was kind of an accidental relationship. We, I didn't really plan to have a serious relationship. I was kind of, um, dating and having a good time. And, um, and then I met this man and again, we were just the way we connected was just this fluke. And, um, we ended up getting together and I knew when I started talking to him that he was different, that I wanted, I just knew that there was something more to him than the other people that I had dated. And, um, we started video chatting and talking and getting to know each other. And, um, it was another change. And at first my inner child said, no way, no way. That's not, that's not the man you've been married to for 26 years. You know, this is not okay. And, um, I really had to, to work with Carrie through that, um, accepting that change and embracing this, this love of this new person that loved me unconditionally. And, and I couldn't, couldn't accept that at first. It was very dif- difficult for me to accept that. Yeah, I'm curious, given how assaulting betrayal is to our trust, when you met this person who was different, um, how was that for you in terms of your ability to trust? It's funny because trust was very easy for me. Um, he, I knew, I, I always gave him the credit. I had done enough work to know that he was not the person that I was married to. And I could not expect him to be the person I was married to. And it helps that he's very different from the person that I was married to. But he's a man of his word. He So when he said, I'm going to, you know, do this, and then he did it, you know, it was like, okay, you know, you are your word, I can trust you. So it was his actions that really allowed me to trust him. I was open to once I figured out that it was my inner child that was causing the problem, I was very open to allowing myself to accept him into my life. And over time, that just deepened and deepened and deepened. And I also believed, you know, that whole science from the universe, the way he sort of plopped into my lap was just another sign. And the way I felt about him instantly was another sign. And it just kind of confirmed for me that this is someone that I should be with at this time. Wow. Wow. So what a roller coaster from from being sideswiped to holding it together for your girl, for your daughter, to seeing three rainbows on the drive to work, to, you know, working through all your issues of change and then having what sounds like a, a Prince Charming drop in your lap. Um, what would you say were your and since you did work before, what would you say were the areas of growth that you experienced the most from through the divorce and the coaching? I think the first the first area is managing negative events and not, you know, you can control your reaction. You can't control 
what happens to you, but you can control the way you react to them. And just learning to piece it out and say, you know, like today, I remember the early days, um, you know, right after our separation, when I was a hot mess, I would say, you know, my only goal today is to remember to eat lunch, you know, or my only goal today is to, um, you know, vacuum or whatever my goal was for the day. Um, and so, you know, if I accomplished that goal, then it was a win. And if I fell apart for the rest of the day, it was okay because I won. I, I made that one goal. And then the next day, today I'm going to make two goals for myself. I'm going to do this and this. Um, and also allowing myself to feel and not try to stuff my emotions. I've learned to do that, you know. And I've also learned in this relationship to ask for a minute, you know, it's okay to step back and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm feeling right now. So I'm just going to take a couple days and just sort that out. And I'm going to get back to you and let you know how I'm feeling. And, um, you know, my, my boyfriend is just so amazing at giving me that space and saying, okay, you know, great. Let me know when, when you, when you've got it. Um, you know, and, and it's a conversation we've had being able to communicate well now with someone is just so different and having those skills and, you know, being able to ask for those things. I think I've learned that, you know, post-divorce, I've learned to just trust in the process. There's this bigger picture there and you don't always see the forest through the trees. So you get caught up in your daily struggles, but there always is a purpose for that. And you just don't see it at the time. Yeah. One of the best things that came out of my divorce, besides, um, you know, self-confidence and trusting and, um, you know, this great relationship I have is meeting these two amazing women. I didn't know how <laughs> I laugh because this is, again, that practical side. I didn't know how to get divorced. Um, I had no idea. Like, what do you do? Do you, who you call? I don't know. So again, this ad came up, just dropped in my lap for a divorce class. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So it was at a lawyer's office and I thought it was free. I thought, I'll just go. So I went to this class. It was very informative. I got the, uh, you know, the plan. I knew what to do. But I also got into the elevator after that class and met these two amazing women that one of them was sobbing and the other one was a teacher like me. And we ended up this instant connection in this elevator. And we ended up in the lobby of this building for about two hours after class, <laughs> just talking and we exchanged numbers. And we've been best friends ever since. And we just went on a girl's trip this weekend to a wine tour. We laughed the whole time. And we thought, God, you know, like two years ago, look at us. We were in an elevator. Look at us now. We can't stop laughing. And it's just these girls are such a blessing in my life. And um, I don't know what I would have done without them. So, you know, you kind of I've learned to look at it and at an event and say, what is the silver lining? What is the positive here? Because if you look hard enough, you'll see it. It might be tiny. It might be hidden. It might be somewhere behind something else, but it's there. Look at that positive and focus on that and have a life of gratitude. 
Kim, uh, you've left me a little bit speechless here. I, I am, I am like so tickled and inspired by your story, and and I love the last thing that you just said because all of those opportunities, possibilities could have been right in front of you. And if you were looking at life through the lens of I'm a victim and life sucks and this is the end and there's nothing for me, you wouldn't have seen that stuff. You wouldn't see, have seen any of it. Exactly. Yes. And, and yet I, here you are. Really hard. It's really hard sometimes, you know? <laughs> Yeah. It's really hard. There are days when I'm like, there is nothing to be thankful for. I have no, you know what I mean? There were days, you know, like this sucks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It does. Yeah. 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 But yeah. find, I don't care if it's that your, your, your pillow is soft that night, like find something to be thankful for. Yeah. And just Beautiful. focus on that. Like I have this amazing soft pillow. I love this pillow. This is the best pillow in the world. You know, like just find something that you're thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've already been so inspiring in telling your story. And um, so your daughter has graduated. Your um, boyfriend and you are um, solid and Mm -hmm. you're back to school teaching. You're not teaching from your home anymore. (laughs) Um, what an enormous amount of change and what an amazing ability to pivot and navigate all of those things. I would love if we could wrap up with you sharing any words of wisdom or advice that you have for our listeners who are in those very early stages that you mentioned before. Um, I did write something in my journal that I'd like to share if that's okay. That would be beautiful. Thank you. Okay. So um, this is kind of explaining the journey that I think a lot of us go through as we're traveling down this path. And um, so just maybe when I read it, kind of think about where you are in this journey. So um, here we go. Picture a multicolored, beautiful vase. You love this vase and have had it in your possession for a really long time. But one day, it slips off the counter and shatters in a million pieces. You are incredibly upset. This vase was incredibly special to you. So your first thought is to sweep up the pieces and try to rebuild the vase. But it's never the same. It leaks and some small shards are still missing. You try to hold on to it because you've only known it as a vase but you no longer see its beauty or use. So one day you decide to make a mosaic from the glass. You take the vase apart and rearrange the pieces in a frame. You keep the best pieces. It's hard work. Sometimes the glue doesn't stick or you have to break a piece more to get it to fit or you prick a finger a little bit. But after a bit of work, your creation is finished. You hang it in the window and it catches the light, creating beautiful designs. It brings you joy every time you walk in the room. It's more spectacular than it was even as the vase. You love it even more now because it's way more beautiful. But you would have never known its true potential 
if it had never been broken, you are that face. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. That is and I think beautiful. it kind of describes the journey that we go through. It really... And so what I would say to the listeners is you may be broken on the floor, but you can definitely rebuild and just save the most beautiful parts of what you want to save and throw away the rest, mm. you know, forgive. And it's hard, but it just feels better to move forward. You know, the windshield, not the rear view mirror has been said on this podcast many times. Move forward, build your mosaic and make it beautiful. Beautiful. This has been such a delightful conversation to have. Congratulations for your strength, for your wisdom, for your intuition, for your child-centered approach, for your heart and willingness to forgive and move on. And congratulations for this new life that you've created for yourself. Um, I, I am utterly inspired by you, Kim. Thank you, Karen. It was great being here. And I couldn't have done any of this work without Journey Beyond Divorce, your podcast. I listen to them. I still listen to them every single day on my way home from work. I still do the work. Um, and you are doing amazing work. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope that you, um, you listeners, that you feel um, encouraged and inspired by this and all of our other stories through Voices of Celebration. We will be back again with another episode real soon. Thanks so much, Kim. And bye-bye, everyone. Thank you, Karen. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one -on -one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.